Hello, everybody. I'm Alicia Toot, joined by my lovely co-host, Tori Kravitz. And today, it's our delight to introduce this special guest. She has been in the crazy world of music for over 15 years, has contributed to some of the largest publications, not only in metal, but also just in music, period, and is a publicist extraordinaire who we look up to so much. It's Amy Chiaretto, everybody. Hello, Amy. Oh my God, what an intro. I feel like what ah. actually blushing. <laughs> we mean every Such word. An honor. I know. Really I Thank you. You're so kind. Of course. We were saying before pressing record on this whole thing, it's kind of crazy to think that we've both been working with you since we were teenagers. Like that's how long yeah. we've known you, how long we've been doing interviews. And you've been giving us amazing interviews for so long. So this is really full circle. Very cool to have you. It is. Well, you guys have been doing great interviews with the bands I work with for a long time. So I'm glad we still get to work together in many different capacities. I love it. Yeah, and finally giving you the recognition you deserve because it's always on the back of the computer screens that we're getting to chat with you. And so many music fans don't really know what goes on behind the scenes to make these interviews happen. So lo and behold, here she is. Yeah, you right. know, I just don't realize what, what the job entails or how these things happen. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons that we really do relate to you so much and we are hyped to have you on the show is because just like you did, uh, we started writing for local publications as early as high school. So seeing another female at such a young age being out there doing it is awesome. And we were all kind of going to gigs night after night, trying to balance class and gigs for work and going to these live shows. And it's been said that you've attended over 2,500 concerts in your life, which is just, it, that's a wild number. So are there any specific front women you remember seeing live who were just absolutely captivated by i i i really started early like like most people i knew were like had gone to shows like their first show was like Lollapalooza or like an Ozfest or warp tour and that was never like not the case for me i started going to shows really early and really young because my oldest brother was a music fan so he would take me when i was like four to go see like acdc and kiss and stuff like that so i started super early and i just loved going concerts and in college my my and in high school my high school boyfriend tom and I would like for Valentine's Day, we'd be like, let's go to see Tool. Let's go see Pantera. We would do stuff like that. So, you know, shows were what I always liked doing. So I really started very early and started piling up shows super early. Um, but yeah, for for things that really stood out to me, I remember the first time I ever saw Courtney Love. You know, she <gasps> it was consequently mm -hmm. was was um Lollapalooza because they they surprise played the Philly show. And uh, it was like, whoa, oh my God, we just heard her voice. And it was like, well, they weren't supposed to play that. Um, and just seeing, um, you know, I'm trying to think who are other, Joan Jett was always somebody who I always admired. And like, she was just a real badass. She just looked really cool. You know, she looked like she didn't want anything else but a guitar on her. She, her, still my style icon. She makes... <laughs> You know, skinny jeans, a leather jacket, Converse still look cool and original. Nobody rocks it like she does. Uh, and she just, you know, like I said, she just holds a guitar like like it's meant to be in her hands. And seeing her live, I was always like, oh, my God. Um, just trying to think who, like, I always really, not even on the front woman side, um, uh, when I was in college, I used to see this band Starkweather. Uh, and they were an extreme heavy death metal band in Philly, because that's where I grew up, right outside of Philly. And the basis of the band was this girl, Michelle. And my friend, uh, the singer, Rennie, became really one of my, still one of my closest friends. Uh, and I just remember always seeing her and being like, wow, a girl is playing this really brutally heavy music. And just <laughs> looking up to her and being like, wow. And we, I eventually became friends with her as well through the band. Um, and uh, I just look at, you know, I'm trying to think who else is always stuck out. Like Joan Jett was always, Pat Benatar I always thought was amazing. Um, you know, she just 
like, you know, I would go see her when I got like in years later when she was like, you know, just doing some like acoustic stuff or whatever. She just always looked like on stage and holding a microphone and rocking out looked like it was her calling. So it was, it was kind of like, like that generation that really, really inspired me. Um, you know, like you think women can really actually do this because music business is really a boys club. Um, and a lot of it about it is a boys club and not just on stage, you know, it's like what goes on in the periphery and and then the back end is that way that too so i don't know did i roundabout answer the question (laughs) (laughs) we totally got a lot of bitch and rock and rollers in there so definitely answered it (laughs) yeah yeah 100% and i think it's so awesome to see just how passionate you are when you talk about these front women and these bands that you've seen and all the shows that you've gone to because like that at the end of the day is what fuels you and your career and why you're so amazing at what you do at least in my humble opinion from what i've seen of you and working with you over the years but you know as alicia had said 15 years of experience contributing to krang ap spin disciple as well as working with some amazing artists including some of our favorite female icons the pretty reckless hailstorm so as somebody who is marketing artists to the press for your company adam splitter pr um why do you think the term female fronted is a buzzword or why you were saying, you know, heavy music, it's so shocking to see these artists playing this kind of music. And do you think that kind of a buzzword is beneficial or more of a hindrance when it comes to creating more equity for, for women in the genre? I think it depends because like I once pitched an artist, like it was an all female band and I pitched them as that because that's not common. And that was my only reason for pitching it that way. It was because it was uncommon. And um, a writer was like, well, why is, why do you have to refer to it as like female fronted or all female? But that's a fact. It wasn't really like, um, Mm -hmm. it wasn't meant to be political. It was just a fact. Like it's all women in a genre where you don't see all female bands. And I thought that was kind of like a, a strange reaction to it, but I understood it as well. And like, she was trying to be like, Hey, you know, just, you know, pitch them because they're awesome. But I think like in this day and age, you, you always have to have an angle, always have to have something that stands out because people are getting pitched tons and tons of artists. Well, here's just something interesting about the band and that can inspire some talking points in a good conversation. That's how I look at it. So, um, and I think female fronted, I think t- like this was, that was hard like six or seven years ago. Uh, but today, because of how, um, you know, there's so much fluidity and so much, um, you know, the way people talk about gender is changing, you know, um, I think now when you talk about it, it is important too, because um, there's people who've been, you know, rocking out for a really long time and, and, and are, are fighting to get recognition or, or get visibility or to be able to, you know, get to the next step. And there's always, there's always hurdles when you're doing that, but sometimes there are extra hurdles when you're a woman. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, you only have to pick up a history book to know that Um, that's not anything that's new or shocking to people. It's always a little bit harder when you're a woman. And I, I, I experienced that a lot in just um, in my career. Um, Nothing too crazy, just the stuff that anybody, I think, um, doing the same thing was, was experiencing, but I think female fronted, I think that's important to say, because it's just, you know, um, it's something different and it's something that isn't always expected or, or because it's a genre is, is very male dominated. And that's not, a, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just is what it is. Yeah. And you know what? I, I really want to touch on that point. It's so, it's so much insight there to unpack, but the way you're saying that there are people who are challenging the term female fronted and saying that it's not empowering or why do you feel it's necessary? So why do you think there are certain people who may feel that it's disempowering and 
how how do you think we could change the narrative to make that like it's okay like we are standing out right I think like you could go down a, a really deep rabbit hole of discussions there because some people look at we talk about gender versus sex you know what I mean which yeah. gender is um is you know cultural and social um and external whereas you know sex is biological so uh but I do think that um it's I don't think it's I, I think people I think some people who shy away from it might be just shy like not like to put it in those terms male or, or female because there is so much fluidity now you look at you know Mina from Life of Agony as the front, the front woman you know the band she that's how she lives her life and uh you know that we should respect her and speak to her that way uh and speak about her that way but I also think that saying it about anybody else who's female isn't shouldn't be bad shouldn't be discouraged you know I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's really good for clarity, um, especially when you're talking to the media, media. And I think it's really good just for for women, like I said, because women have been fighting th- these battles for so long to be seen, to be to be um, visible, to be at the forefront, to fight against um, you know the stereotypes and all these other things. Um, because you, it is you know people think rock music is a very male dominated genre. Yes, that's how it looks on the surface if you're not going a little deeper. But I do think it's important say that because it's not as common as people think you know and like I said some people prefer not to categorize things as much I think for clarity and communication purposes it's perfectly fine mm-hmm. it's interesting too because both of you obviously are in the world of being publicists meanwhile I just happen to write you guys a lot on the other end um, so you think as well a lot of it just comes down to respect and what the client wants because I feel like at yes. the end of the day that's a big part too yeah of course always and it's like you know I I I have clients, you know, female clients that are totally okay, um, you know, with if male publications want to cover them and some are like, no, I'd rather not be in that, but some are it's just, it's whatever the artist is comfortable with. That's what this right. whole job is always making sure because you're, you're walking that fine line between balancing out the client's needs and, and, and protecting and serving the client, but also serving the media as well, because, you know, I don't view any relationships with the media as adversarial ever. Some people do. I don't, why would we have to work together? And it's like, let's work together to tell the best story, you know? And, uh, um, that's making sure too, that the artist you know, is comfortably represented, is comfortable in how they're, you know, if, so I was asking, how do you want to, do you want to be featured in these publications? No, it's just good to know that going into it because you don't want to pitch something and get, yeah, get a yes. And then be told, oh, wait, I don't want to do that. So and for, it's never for like, it's, and I was ne- never for negative reasons. It just might be like, Hey, a certain artist doesn't want to be featured in this kind of publication or not. And I have some of them are like, yeah, let's, you know, like we know a lot of fans are, are, are rock fans are male. Let's, let's go to that demographic. So, you know, that, that, that spotlight women, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Well, what's been fun for us to kind of see over the years is how you went from being paid literally $5 per review as a teenager to now having the incredible roster that's on Adam Slitter PR. So uh-huh. for those watching, I mean, we work with our fair share of publicists who either don't reply at all or kind of beat around the bush or say oh, it's a God. yes, but it's, but it's really a no when it comes to approving meet these media requests but when it comes to you you have always been so honest yet friendly with your replies there's no bullshit there's no dilly dally and that's appreciated so much from the media stance because then we're not left waiting we know what's going on and we're, we're informed you know so i'd love to know do you have any uh, publicist or music industry pet peeves or no-nos or things you see and you think man i would never do this well like a lot of times it's true i tell people i'm like listen somebody i work with for a long time like you guys like my answer would always be yes. But sometimes I have an artist who's like, I'm not doing anything right now. Like there are certain things I have that like, I'm keeping my mystique up or I'm keeping my, my access, not at all. Like, and that's something where it's like, 
okay, you know, if I can make something happen, I will. But a lot of times you're just like, hey, I, like he's, this person isn't doing press right now. But, um, uh, you know, I always try to be honest with people. Like there are certain things like I'll fight for it or I'll push for things if I can, even if the artist isn't doing press, it's off cycle, they're doing limited press. Or I'm like, hey, let me, like we're, we have a pile of requests. Let's put, we'll put you in the queue and we'll, we'll work towards it. Like, like I said, like, it's never me just saying no, just say no or not. I, I always tell the people who work with me and for me, our policy is not to not reply because that's like, you know, that's just, I'm not like, and a lot of times it doesn't really serve you well because you say, Hey, thanks for the request. Sorry. I can't accommodate. Okay. Well, why not? And it's like, well, listen, but I said, no. And that's the period to the end of the sentence. Like I responded to you. I'm sure that there's 50 other publicists that you asked for a photo pass that didn't even bother to reply. <laughs> so sometimes that like, or if I say, Hey, I don't handle a band anymore. At least I replied to tell you that when, you, when people respond, well, who does? Well, you know what? Say your last job, I'm just throwing this out there. You worked at Target. You don't work any, there anymore. Who's doing the Sunday shift? You don't know. Right. So I don't really keep tabs. That's a great point. <laughs> Yeah. Like I don't, so I'm not a switchboard over here. Like I already get a thousand <laughs> emails a day. So, um, in order for me to get, sometimes I'm really quick. I'm like, Hey, sorry, I can't do it. But because I have a million other ones to get to, I'd rather reply than not reply. But, um, that's a pet peeve when people are like, don't take no for an answer. It doesn't end at one email. And then there are some people who reply four or five times. Hey, uh, if I say, I don't do press in the UK, I'm sorry. I only represent the band in the U S and I, some people are like, well, can I get on your mailing list anyway? And I say, yes, but I can't get you into shows. I can't set up interviews because there's somebody else who that's their job and their domain. Just as I don't want them telling a U.S. media what, what a band's availability or yes or no is, I can't do that to them either. It's just a respect thing. However, like I say, hey, I don't handle the band. We're a U.S.-based firm. We don't handle this or we can't do your requests for the U.K. We are U.S.-based. And then they'll like write back four or five times. Who is it then? Why can't you forward it? Like, that's not how it works. Like I forwarded it along to the person. I can't engage in like 18 emails about this. And like, they don't take no for an answer. That's frustrating. And one thing I really wish people would do is that they would, you know, most people are using Gmail or Gmail clients. There's a great scheduling function. Schedule the email so it hits my inbox. If it's if it's not something that has to be done on the weekend because it's an interview, because I can't turn off notifications because chances are there's a photo shoot happening, a photo pass, a show, something going on, a press release that needs edits that I can't ignore on a Saturday or a Sunday. So I have to keep notifications on my phone. However, when you're going to send me a photo pass request for a show in February, please don't send it on a Saturday or Sunday. The Google <laughs> schedule function, you can schedule that to go out at eight o'clock or one o'clock or any time that you want. That's how I respond to emails all weekend long <laughs> out of my inbox. And I schedule them to land at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. Uh, that's the biggest pet peeve that there is. And asking for a show six months out. I don't even have, like, what's today? The 13th? I don't even have shows from the 12th situated yet. So don't ask me about February. And people are like, oh, I just wanted to reserve a spot. I'm like, listen, you could ask me before the band ever even forms for a photo pass. And it doesn't put you to the front of the line. It has to be mm -hmm. like, what the protocol is, how many requests we have for the show, what the band's personal preferences are, what the venue is allowing, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, that's where I get frustrated. Just use the scheduler, please. Because <laughs> it's in there. Like I use it all day. It's the best. Uh, it really is the best function, I think, because it's just frustrating. Like I said, when people, you know, just send it to get it over. Oh, you'll check it on Monday. I still got the notification. I still see it in my mm -hmm. inbox. Because if I have a certain amount of emails in my inbox, it drives me crazy looking at them. So it's just an OCD thing. But I just tell people like, you know, like if I was nice enough to respond, but hit me back for like 10, 12 questions, 
you know, like, it's just like, I, I can't answer those all day. That's not my job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you found me, chances are you could just Google and you'll find whoever the UK publicist is. Yeah. Cause I get that a lot. And then people like, if you don't respond to it, and I just forward it to the manager, you know, just to keep the flow going. Um, a lot of times they'll write back, Hey, haven't heard back from you on this. And it's like, all you gotta do is look at our website and you'll see the based in New Jersey. Like we don't handle UK shows or, or German shows or wherever, or, you know, so that, that's a frustration. I think so my favorite the moral part, of the story, moral of the story, just everyone needs to have more chill. Especially. Yes. <laughs> I love how I could like feel the disdain in your voice as you were talking about those yeah. points. I don't think it's so disdainful because I don't want to sound like I don't like the people, but it's just no, like, not at all. Right. Okay. I can I understand. Sound rude. No, no, it didn't come off rude at all. No. You're saying all these points where I'm like, I understand. That would be so frustrating to have to deal with all the time. And this job, it really is 24-7 for all of us. Like, I, I love the do not disturb function, but I always have my Gmail pushing through and the people I know I'm waiting to hear from and everything like that. So it's really, it, it's nonstop. So we get it. <laughs> I just think that's the moral. Sometimes, oh. Like, you know, on a Saturday or I might be out with my friends or what if I'm, I'm you know, visiting a relative in the hospital or, you know, I'm having fertility treatments. Could be anything. You could throw anything out there. Maybe I'm going to a movie. Like, I shouldn't have to explain that to people. Like, people are like, oh, well, I'm just, you know, checking in. It's like, you know what? If this isn't, if this isn't like an emergency and a today thing, then you can easily just schedule an email. Like, it just, just because it's like, it's happening like on the weekend, it's like 50, 60 times a weekend. And during the week, the requests I get for markets I don't handle, or it, it's every day. So yeah. it's like, I can't take, like, there's only so many hours in the day and I can't take time out to answer all those and then continually conversate on them. You know, I, I say, hey, I don't handle, or I forwarded it. And then people come back and say, hey, um, you know, the, the policy is not for me to give them somebody else's information. You know, like I said, I'm not a switchboard operator. I did my part, I responded. You know, most people won't. Yeah. But I got to around and block people's emails because they were getting so pushy about it. Wow. That's just a moral though, music industry all around. Like I, I think this also translates beyond PR is just, it's such a 24 seven job yeah. and it is a little bit more of an informal industry when it comes to our work protocols. Sure. It's like, yeah. Maybe let's respect a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like it was never like this before, even, you know, yeah, you said it is informal, but it's also like, I, I, I'm shocked at like some of the responses um, you know, don't put things, if you get denied for like a photo pass, don't, don't put it in a Facebook group with something negative about me. Cause chances are there's 10 people in that group that are friends with me that have screenshotted it and sent it to me before you had a chance to delete it. Like, Wait, I guess that's happened. You're oh, kidding. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. joking. But that's, I think that's something that maybe this is a great spot to clarify that it's never the publicist off the jump, at least, at least for most of the time that says, no, it's like, it comes down to the artists and their availability and what they're doing. And I feel like a lot of heat does get taken out on you guys when you're just the yeah. messenger. Yeah. And it's also like some bands have very specific protocols. Some people don't want their photos being sold or they don't want people that they photograph, they don't want every photographer out there taking photos uh, or they don't want every person out there, you know, covering the show or not doing this. So it's just like, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, they want certain level of media on stuff and others are like, Hey, whoever wants it, fine. We'll hook it up. Cause like, like I have to explain to people like, these tickets aren't free. They're coming either out of the artist budget. They're coming out of a label ticket buy. They could be coming out of the venues press holds, which means they're taking it from be a ticket that can be sold and putting it aside for media, you know? So these, you know, it's not just, these are free tickets, you know? So it's like, and they're in demand. So it's just like, you know, if we provide a ticket for somebody, we're expecting them to cover the show, you know? Yes. And a lot of times people, you know, a lot of times 
most shows that I have, I might have five tickets for, and I never have less than 10 requests. So that's so why I can't do plus ones. They're the first thing that gets cut because we don't have the space, you know? Um, and that's just like a logistical thing, you know? And if we have 10 requests, we have to kind of prioritize, you know, who hasn't covered the band yet? Who's doing a big review or who's doing a big feature? It's like all that stuff goes into it. It's not just like I get the request. No, because I feel like saying no. <laughs> if I had unlimited tickets, I'd hook everybody up. Yeah, like for sure. you know, I try to take care of people. But that's a lot of things people don't understand. And like, I try to say like people for shows and stuff, like, you know, a legitimate show review is not two sentences under, under a, a, a picture, you know, it's like, <laughs> you, know, what, you know, it's, it's legitimate. And, and like I said, another pet peeve, I'm having not sound like I'm it's just like a lately we're noticing in the live realm, you know, that it, it's what November, late November, mid November. And like, I have shows from September that the coverage hasn't posted yet what's the point at that point? You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like, we're seeing that happen a lot and we're starting to keep record of it so that in the future, we're like, it has to go up in 48 hours or we can't provide this. You know, it's, it's, you know, cause we're getting asked by the manager, where's all these reviews from all these guest list spots, you know? So yeah, they're just got to be, you know, everybody's so excited that shows are back, but it's like, let's, you know, let's, let's watch one hand, watch, wash the other, you know, like if we're providing you with these tickets and credentials, you should be providing the artist with the review because that's the point. Unless in some cases where we invite people out and they come to see the show, decide if they want to cover the band. But usually that's like high level media. That's when you got a New York times writer coming out, considering covering the band. So you just want to get them out <laughs> there and maybe seeing the band is the onus that they're going, I'm going to cover this. Now. That's how that works. <laughs> yes. Dude, such great advice for press etiquette and uh, yeah, some interesting stories people, here some people don't no, know no but it is valuable insight valuable insight you know yeah. and i always tell people like when they request too early for a show i say hey seven to ten days is the protocol you know and then some most people respect that because they didn't know like thanks for telling me then there's repeat serial offenders who are just you know <laughs> want what they want when they want it so um yeah that's the part that can be a little frustrating and I'm not trashing people. I'm just saying like, they're, you know, just think sometimes. And some people think I've had people message me on like a Sunday say, Hey, I want to go to this show tonight. Well, <laughs> that is not just me texting somebody and boom, you get on the list. That's not how it works. And mm -hmm. you realize there's layers of approval there. You got to get to a manager. You got to see, is there tickets? You got to get the tour manager. You got to make sure it gets to the box office and day show requests. Like, but, and you're getting that on a Sunday and people say, Oh, well, I just thought, you know, I know it's tough, but I would check anyway. And I'm like, but you're not the only person doing that. So that, that becomes set, like Sunday means like, okay, so I just work seven days a week, you know? So it's like, right. <laughs> I love what I do. I don't want to do anything else. I've made concessions, you know, responding to emails at 10, 11 o'clock at night, texts when there's a fuck up for a photo pass or a ticket or something like that. I handle that. I do that. But it's also like, it has to go both ways. Yeah, no, you are, you are legend status when it comes to making sure that press is taken care of. And I think it is important to clarify, you put so much love into what you do. And that's why we were so stoked to sit down and talk to you. Yeah, so I know that you say right. everything with the best intentions. Yeah, of course. I would never, it's like, I, I never want anybody to feel bad. I never want anybody to be scared of me. Of course not. <laughs> You know, but it's also like, you know, just be like, just put a little common sense into it, thinking like, oh, I'm the only person sending this email today. Well, look at our, our roster. You're not the only person sending an email today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think you could be out doing something. You know, I, you know, people, you, you could have other commitments and it's like, you know, I had one year, uh, I came back from a wedding last summer and I got an angry text message and call from a, from someone who said, uh, I'm at the show and I'm not on the guest list. And I went, well, I don't work with that band and have it in five years. So you didn't ask me to get on the guest list because I would have told you I don't work with the band. So who, and then he, they, they apologized like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I got it mixed up. And I'm like, but it's a Saturday night and you just like, 
were pretty nasty to me about, and you got it wrong. And they, and, and it wasn't so much as an apology as it was, Oh, didn't have my coffee. No, 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 no. I'm, you should have said, sorry, because you just came at me and you didn't have the correct information. And I'm just cool about it. I was nice about it. Whereas a lot of other people in my position would have been like, you know what? Fuck you. Please don't ever reach out to me again. You know, because you like snapped at me for something I didn't even do. I don't represent the band and you weren't contacting the right person. That's, that's definitely an apology, not not a oops, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, that's some blacklisting uh, and uh, I never behavior. Really, unless somebody <laughs> makes an artist uncomfortable or is, you know, uh, does something that's blacklistable, we don't do that. You know, we just try to teach people, hey, here's how this works, and just have a little common sense about it. But mm-hmm. there are people who do shit out there where you're like, um, yeah, I can't work with you anymore. You know. <laughs> Moral <laughs> of the story is have more respect and more chill. That's what it all comes yeah, down more to. More chill. That's it. Just yes. more chill. Like relax. I know you're excited. We're excited. You're excited about this festival, <laughs> but it's not till next year, and I don't have protocol yet. So, <laughs> yes, more chill. Um, well, let's also move along. We have a uh, repeating segment here on She's with the Band, and it is our most jaw-dropping segment. So we have four questions we ask every guest. And now you're in the hot seat, Amy. Are you ready? No. Can I handle it? Let me check. All right. We're about to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Now or never. So first one here. What is the most jaw-dropping experience you've had at a show? At a show. Now is this, okay. I'm sorry that I have to come back with a question, but is this Uh working the show? Just seeing something in the crowd or can it be, um, because I can tell you the most jaw-dropping thing I've ever seen at a show. I was there, I think, just I had a band open. I wasn't really, t- I mean, I was working, but not. But is this something like something crazy I saw a fan do? I'm I mean, already intrigued, I, so please. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't even have to think twice about this because I tell people this story all the time. Okay. This is the at, one then. Uh, I was at a Chiodo show and it was at, um, I think it was, it's now called the Palladium Times Square, but it was called the, the, the Nokia Theater, the Best Buy Theater. It went through all these different names. And I was at the, and it was, it was, I think it was Craig back in the band or something. I don't remember what the deal was, but it was a Chiodo show packed in there. I was up in the, the VIP balcony watching and there was this guy, I don't know how he got up there. He was definitely on something. He was rocking out super hard, like hanging over the side of the balcony, screaming every lyric, finger pointing the whole time. You see that often. What he did was rocked out so hard. He flipped over the balcony landed on the floor below i was like oh my god and barely anybody noticed that he fell i was like is this guy dead should i go down there and try to help him what is going on here oh my god he got swallowed up by the crowd in the pit so i was like what the fuck just happened and then 10 minutes later he comes back up the steps survived the fall rocking out just as hard as he was before and went and did it again fell over again and it was not like he was not falling over like as part of his routine he was rocking so out so hard that whatever he was on and however much he loves chiotos really made him go over the balcony twice and i was like you know that guy's got nine lives it was yeah he was wow that's some strong uh, it's stuff. like a cartoon it doesn't I, sound like a real thing that's happening I don't know how he survived because i was like he did it once and landed on his head and i was like okay uh, the crowd swallowed him up and then i was like when i saw him again he came i went oh my god this guy is like a miracle and then he did it again i i, I look i love rocking out of shows i love a lot of bands i'm not going over a balcony for anybody because you could no. die it's dangerous right. you could hurt somebody below you that scared the shit out of me so i was like what it, I don't know. He had to be on something and just the mute. Cause it was just like, you don't survive something like that and then get up. So, and he was, and the music was definitely, I think like made him maybe feel immune or something. I don't know. It was crazy. 
Wow. Yoda's will do that to you, you know? Yeah. 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 Adrenaline and the energy, yes. But I was like, okay. okay. Thank God you survived. I was like, I was happy to see him because I was like, there's no (laughs) way you survived that he did. So. What I love about that answer is that it truly was jaw dropping. Like both Tori and I went, what? I know. I (laughs) actually made our jaws drop. I think I had my jaw telling it and I I witnessed it in front of my face. Wow. Oh, well. Next up, it's about the most jaw-dropping misstep early in your career and the lesson that you happen to learn from it. What comes to mind? Something I did, a misstep I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just earlier in your career that you maybe learned from. It was just youth, you know, you, um, th- there's a few things I wouldn't say, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you, um, I think everybody crosses boundaries sometimes and that just happens. It's just life. You learn from it and you have good experiences and you take the good away from it and you take the life lesson from it. But professionally, like, I think I got really mad at somebody and I snapped at them and yelled at them in a way I never would. I was just, my, my emotions and my temper got the best of me and, uh, I expressed it and I shouldn't have done that. And, um, I apologized to the person like a year after it had happened after I had apologized surfacely, but I really apologized a year later to their face because I was like, that's not, I wouldn't talk to somebody like that. I wouldn't like being talked to like that. And I'm sorry I did that. And I think it was just youth and, and I've been working on something for a long time and somebody did something and kind of pulled the plug on it. And I was like, wow, like I, I had made strides on something and it all got like, it all went to shit because of it. And it was like a big misunderstanding. So, uh, and it's the lesson learned was like, you know, it just learn to hold back for a minute, like learn to like step back and assess it. Don't use emotions and your, and to assess something like really get like never, like they always say, like after something happens, don't do something drastic, like cut your hair or, or make a big life decision. And that's always true. You have to put a little bit, just like, let it like cycle through your brain because you know? you're never going to think of, you're going to wake up the next day and be like, what the hell? So yeah, it's like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> what did I do? Yes, exactly. So just like assess something before you let your temper or emotions get the best of you for sure yeah great advice solid advice too for an industry where we are all very passionate folk with a lot of feelings yeah. oh That's my god I've been, yelled at, I've been yelled at in on a ways where I was like wow did that just happen and I just learned to like try to just not you know not take it personally or if, unless somebody crosses a line then I'm just like right. okay no more so of course us ladies also do have to stand up for ourselves in the right moments so, yeah. totally always Yes. And next one we have here for you. Most jaw-dropping female artists that you'd love to work with. I feel like you kind of answered this one a little bit, but this is your moment. Where's your next potential client? Oh, so <laughs> female artists would I like to work with? Yeah. Oh gosh. You know, like I always say this and it's not a rock, not even a rock artist because I work with and have worked with the best, I think, females in rock, you know, working with Taylor for a couple of several years, three years now. I did, um, I worked with Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm for three years. She's just, you know, the both of them, you just sit there and you root for them. You want, because they they live it. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing fabricated about what either one of them does. They both live this and, and they're real, you know, and that's really great. And that's why they both do, are so successful because they, they're real. It's, it's not, they're not faking any of it, but um, I've always said, just because I've always been a big fan is that and I know I would never get to work with her because she's so mainstream but uh, it's Lady Gaga I just love her uh you know she's Italian like I am she's so I think she's just got such a uh, warmth to her and she's so talented like I think that you know uh that Born This Way was the best pop record of the decade when she put it out uh I haven't really loved anything since but I just think that she's like I just feel she's very legit I've always thought she's awesome I think you know, she, I think she pays homage to rock music a lot. I remember she like, doesn't just wear the Iron Maiden shirt like the, like Kendall Jenner does. She probably right. can actually tell you the catalog. 
So yeah. that's what I love about her. Um, so I just think she's amazing. Awesome pick. I love how I mean, it was so eclectic very rock and roll. She's a rock and roll pop artist. So I feel like absolutely. Yeah, she definitely, yeah. she's definitely, there's a lot of realness there. Mm-hmm. All right, well, this next one is the last one, alas, but I'm really excited to hear where you go with it. Most jaw-dropping misconception about yourself that you wish people understood. Oh, goodness. Hmm. We're diving deep now. I know, that would make me have to think about what people have said or think. Um, I guess I would say that people think that I just do rock music and, and, and that's the majority of what we do as a company, but we have an amazing hip hop artist on our roster. Hobson ICP is hip hop, but we also have done a lot of work, you know, to help a lot of clients with just crises, crises that happen like that's, and it's just about protecting their image. It's not, and I always tell people, this is more like of a publicity thing, like doing press and doing publicity is not scheduling interviews and setting up you know, tickets and press. That's just, that's like the public relations is the tree and that publicity and publicity and interviews, interviews and, and, and guest lists and photo passes and show coverage that that's one, um, that is just one branch of the tree. Publicity is the interviews you don't, I mean, public relations is the interviews you don't do. It's the stuff that you decline. It's the image that you cultivate. It's the perception that you put out there. It's the protection of that perception. It's a very, very psychological and sociological cultural job as well. Like, it's like, sometimes I have an artist who's like, you know what, I've done everything and I'm not, I'm only doing this, this, and this. So I tell people like, sometimes it's predetermined before we even start a campaign what the artist is and isn't doing. And I've I've said like, hey, we have select people that we always take care of. Okay, we're not doing that on this run. I really want to keep keep out of the public eye. I really want to be, you know, and they don't say this, I, this is my term for it, is that they want to be inaccessible. They want to be ungettable because all that does is make people want you more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some yeah. artists that are really, really good at that. You know, I would say Maria Brink is great at that. The, you know, she is just a, a mystery. She's like the Stevie Nicks of metal and she doesn't really talk to press much anymore, you know? And that's, uh, I, and I think that's it. I understand why. And when, you know, when, before you go into campaign with an artist like that, you talk about what, what we're doing and it's with the manager, it's the labels, the product manager. So people don't think that, you know, um, it, it, the decision, yes, is up to the publicist, but it's the publicist who's going to make the case for, should we go, like, here's what we have our predetermined protocol, what we're doing. Okay, but we got this request. Should we push it through? Here's why I think we should do it, even though it goes against, you know, what we're trying to achieve on this record or something. Or just like, people don't realize that, you know, they're, that, all the things that we do are not just, it's not, you know, I, I used to see this one person always posting online saying, oh, if a publicist turns down your interview, they're not doing their job. Well, if I go into a campaign with an artist saying, I'm not doing any press, I'm only doing this, yeah. this, and this. So if I turn down an interview, isn't that me doing my job, right? Like, so yeah, of unless you're that in on that meeting where we decided what protocol was for this campaign, don't go telling people that because then they come at you and they're like, well, um, you're not doing your job if you turn it. And I had that thrown back at me and I was like, well, who were you talking to? Because I'm pretty sure when there's times like where like people will approach a band at a show and be like, oh, I'd love to do an interview. And the band will be like, well, go call our publicist. <laughs> they're nine times out of 10. They're All they're doing is telling us to be the bad cop. And I'll ask them, hey, this person contacted me. Did you want to do this interview? You're like, no, can you just tell them no for us? Like, or, or they'll get like a, a DM from something and they'll be like, oh, this person hits me up all the time. Like, just because you think you DM the artist or you think they're your friend, that doesn't, you know, like, and then I tell you no, like, it's because like, it's not personal. It's just like, there's a limitations and there's rules and there's a lot of things set up. Um, so don't think that we're just saying no, just because we feel like it. There's always mm-hmm. 
Like there's always a, like, if you don't think- more to the story. Oh, yeah. You don't think we're communicating with the band manager, band itself, the product manager. This is not like, so when I send, when you send a request and I say no, and it gets forwarded back to me, when you ask somebody else acting like you never spoke to me. And then I'm like, Hey, did we already talk about this yesterday? I've had that happen a few times. Oh, I forgot. Really? You forgot within 24 hours that I told you no. Okay. I send out a lot of emails. Okay, cool. But that happened. And just like, don't assume that people aren't like, you know, we're not all in communication with each other. That's part of the job. It's communication. Mm -hmm. So God, I hope I'm not that behavior <laughs> no I feel like you're really setting the record straight in terms of the misconceptions that come with the job because on I'm on the other side like I mentioned before of what you two do but you can see those ins and outs and you can see some of the you know I have a lot of friends who do what you do and you've heard these stories and it's like you guys get a lot of shit for no reason so I think you're just setting the record straight and telling people this is why we do it this way this is why things are handled this way and I'm really glad that we were able to have you on to kind of shed that light and tell everyone hey I'm not hating I'm just telling people like hey here's how it works years ago and I'm not kidding years ago um somebody requested a photo pass for Chelsea Grin at Warp Tour and (laughs) I said I don't it's not that's not up to me I'm sorry I can't put you on the ban list to shoot you have to go through the festival to get your approval and um the girl who did this responded put that put my email response to her which was professional as could be put it at without my permission, put it in a Facebook group and then said, uh, she's a destroyer of my, of hopes and dreams. So I, sometimes that's a joke that I say, but really like by, by me telling you the rules, I'm destroying hopes and wow. dreams. Like I, I just gave you information. I just gave you a professional, I just gave you a professional heads up. You know, I would call that. I, I just told you how to go about it. You know, yeah, you were like actually guiding her on how to get the pass. And clearly she didn't understand yes. that pr- prior. <laughs> Yeah, I do think I, that title needs to go in your Instagram bio now, though, and maybe your email signature. Please, yeah, like, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. You know, like, <laughs> it's not up to me. I'm following other people's rules, and if I so, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, um, uh, to fuck with Warp Tour and then get in trouble or get my band in trouble? Sorry, I can't do that. You know, yeah, it's just people don't understand how it works. I took the time to tell her how it works and still got trash. So, like I said, that's why when people think that stuff doesn't get back to me, oh, it does, and it's like. And I was nothing but nice and professional. I wasn't like, hey, no, fuck off. That's not what I did. But to put that in a group is basically saying, oh, fuck off to me. And it's, it's, it's shitty. It's really shitty. Because I don't know if you do that to a customer at Walmart or Target or a restaurant or at Microsoft, I'm pretty sure you're going to get your notice. So yeah, I wish I knew that story ahead of this interview because I would have introduced you as destroyer of dreams, oh, but it's just too late. Man, maybe <laughs> yeah. next time. It sounds like a good metal song too. So <laughs> definitely. No, but I really do respect, you know, there have been publicists within my career as an interviewer who have, like you do, showed me the way, said, hey, maybe don't do that again next time. Do it this way. And I think the right journalists that take that feedback from publicists can go very far. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful to you. Together. You know, yeah. I want to. I like working with good people and I like the, I always say I'm nice to everybody until they give me a reason not to be, you know, you're, mm-hmm. it's somebody's sister or somebody's daughter or somebody's friend, somebody care, you know, I don't yeah. believe in being rude to people unless they give you a reason to. And it's like, when you say no to somebody and that's not uh, the end of this conversation, it's just like, wow, wow. That's really, that's called being a punisher. And you'll hear me say that word a thousand times in a conversation <laughs> or in a, in, on, on, uh, you know, in, on Facebook, Instagram, don't be a punisher, you know, like just don't punish people like that. You know, like just have you know, read the room. Have just have some professional decorum. You know, people that think so oh, get a dream. 
it's fun. Yeah. It's informal, but it also is a profession. You know, yeah, it's awesome and cool. I don't want to do anything else. We, I get to work with the best bands out there and the, and, and I get to work with great people such as yourself. And it's like, let's be able to keep doing that. But also like, it doesn't mean you should be able to not have any professionalism either. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Dude, being a Punisher is one thing where it's make or break in the music industry. It's yeah. like, just be professional, be chill. Who knows you're a Punisher, they know. It's and everyone will yeah. know. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Punisher is like, you don't even need to know what exactly what it is. You just know it when you see it. You know yeah. it when you get the email, plural. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So yeah. good. Man. All right. No, it was so much fun having you on. So genuinely, thank you so much for taking the oh, time and just I'm going. So of course, it's fun too, because like I said at the start, this is a journey that we've all been on for so long. Yeah. And you really helped us at the beginning when we were teenagers, just <laughs> going to these gigs, we weren't even allowed to like drink yet. And you were giving yeah, us these amazing interviews. So it, it you guys have always been great. Like I said, I love working with you guys. You've always been awesome. You know, and I, I like to work with really good people. And I want to see you guys do well, because you're great people. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Amy. Well, it has been such an honor and pleasure to talk to you. And I hope all these inspiring journalists out there who have listened to this interview have learned a few tidbits so thank you for your time amy and thank you alicia for joining me on this episode of she's with the band if you want more interviews from us you could go to notfest.com and we will see you again soon bye thanks bye, everyone. bye.